Well, hello, Tessa. Hi, Jesse. Hello, Sister Tessa. <laughs> hello. <laughs> that was a well, welcome, brothers and sisters, to our second episode. <laughs> Please don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome, everyone, to uh, episode two of Spooky Soup Podcast. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Once again, I am Jesse. And I'm Tessa. If you're new, if you haven't listened to our first episode, we like to share uh, anything creepy, weird, suspicious, curious, weird. Particularly local cases, too. Yeah. Yeah. But actually, my story today, it goes outside the country. Okay. That's okay. Because it's it's a huge case. Like, a lot of people have gone over it, but I think... My condensed version will be good for this. I don't want people to spend about 10 hours listening to it. So it is a weird case. And of course, you as the listener slash viewer can uh, check it out on your own time as well if you're very curious about it because there's so much, so much about this story. But um, so I have one. I have the I have the one story today, the his- historic one. How many uh, Reddit stories do you have for us today? So I have one Ask Reddit that... Got some pretty good creepy responses, and then I have one longer Reddit story. Awesome. Yeah. Sweet. You're going <laughs> to scare my pants off? Uh, we'll see. We'll see. You might. Or creep them out. Creep you might out. pee. I don't know if it's from laughing. I, might I don't know if it's from being scared. Ooh. We'll funny, s- funny scary. I love a good horror yeah. comedy. Yeah. Kay. Okay. Well, um, let's see. Do you want to start? Sure. Go ahead. Let's Whenever you're ready. Okay, so this was posted on the Ask Reddit sub by you slash not my real name, 124. The question goes like this. It says, a man once said, if you want a good story, just ask any random person if there was ever an event in their life that they cannot explain. Someone almost always has a weird thing that happened to them. So Reddit, regardless of whatever you believe about the world, what's your story? I collected three answers to this. Oh, I spent about an hour combing through the thread. (laughs) Sweet. Okay, so the first one posted by, I don't even know how to say it, Gibaluke. 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 Thank you for your story. Okay, it goes. When I was six, my great-grandma passed away, and myself, sister, and mother went to her open casket and were saying goodbye. When we went to leave, the door was locked, and we couldn't get out. We were stuck in a funeral home with our dead grandma. About 20 minutes later, the receptionist found us and let us out. She asked what we were doing, and we said, we got locked in. She looked at us and said, the door doesn't have a lock on it. Mom's convinced that great-grandma didn't want us to leave. And then the top comment on that says, or were you pulling a push door? (laughs) (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Yeah, that one got a couple awards. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure it did. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, that, that's actually my, my first thought was, um, yeah, well, did, did grandma not want them to leave, you know, one last hangout sesh or are they just dumb? <laughs> Maybe awesome. they're just dumb. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Next. Next. Okay. This says posted this a few times and it remains with me to this day. When I was 21, a bunch of my friends and I did magic mushrooms together. While we were tripping balls, I had a very vivid hallucination. I was on a rocking chair sitting opposite three of my friends. As I rocked back, I saw them as if they were in their late 50s, gray hair, wrinkly. And as I walked, rocked forward, I'd see them normal and young in 
that moment again. I realized after a few times back and forth that I wasn't seeing the third guy when I rocked back, meaning to say I didn't see the old version of him. I went on for about half an hour from various positions in the chair, and I just couldn't wrap my head around it, and it weirded me out. Being weirded out on a mushroom trip isn't exactly a great feeling, so I obviously got a bit hysterical and passed out. I vaguely told the guys about it the next day, and quite obviously, we all laughed it off. Eight months later, the friend I didn't see in the back-and-forth vision died in a motorcycle accident. Whoa. Yeah. Still makes me super uncomfortable eight years later. Um, that's crazy because, like, I, I believe in that kind of stuff because, um, he didn't know that his friend died, right? No, no, not, so not at the time. No, his friend was with him. He oh, his friend was with him. That's vision. right. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Oh, and that was posted by Natalie Frost, by the way. Natalie Frost, thank you very much. Don't, uh, don't trip on shrooms too hard. All right. This last one. Mm-hmm. It's from Saxy French Horn. Okay. <laughs> it says, Was sitting in my room reading a book facing my open door. Saw my brother walk past into his bedroom next to mine. Heard him close the door. 30 seconds later, my dad comes up to my room, ashen-faced. Where's your brother? He asked me. In his room? I answered without hesitation. No, he's not. My dad continues to look absolutely horrified. Your brother's not home. We check his room. It's empty. We both saw the same whatever it was walk into my brother's room. Still gives me goosebumps. Edit one. For everyone asking, my brother was out with friends. He didn't come home for several hours. It was a second story with a straight drop down and hard to open windows. So no chance of a prank or window exit. We didn't tell my brother until we moved to a new house. Edit two. My dad got a better look at the thing than I did. He asked where my brother was that I would have to independently confirm that I'd seen someone, that the someone looked like my brother, and that I had entered my brother's room. He's clever like that. Hmm. Okay, creepy. It's like when you're home and you swear you hear your mom call your name. Yeah. So you go to their room. She's like, what? I didn't call you. Yeah. 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 That happened to me all the time. Really? little. Oh, yeah. Huh. I knew, well, mom, yeah, mom called me upstairs all the time to get her a Diet Coke, but that that always happened. But I never, it was never like a fake, a fake call. Just a phantom call. Phantom call. <laughs> Just like a phantom text. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's creepy. Our, our childhood home is haunted, by the way. I stand by that. It's haunted. So just FYI. Can confirm. It's freaking weird, man. Let's do an episode in our haunted house. <laughs> <laughs> I still live there. I don't know if I'm ready for that. <laughs> Why not? You live there. <laughs> okay. Um, do you have more? I have a story. Okay. So here's a story. Okay. So just to preface this, this is like some of the best writing, one of the best stories I've read in a long awesome. time. So I think you're going to like it. Perfect. Okay. It was posted in the subreddit Humanoid Encounters. By Perpetual Connection. Cool. Okay. It's titled, The Man I Saw Through My Night Vision Scope. I'm a hunter. I like to hunt wild boar specifically. 
Though I have been deer hunting and have been known to get a turkey for Thanksgiving, I mostly hunt boar. For those of you that don't know, boar are a big problem in the United States. A sow can have two litters a year, and it's not uncommon for a litter to consist of 10 or more pigs. Given that pigs eat anything and everything, it's not hard to see why the Department of Fish and Wildlife makes it legal to hunt them with almost no restrictions. In my state, it's illegal to hunt most large mammals, with the exception of boar and coyote. I'd been saving for a year, mostly fun money. It's hard to explain to your wife that a scope that costs literally twice as much as a rifle I was mounting it on was worth it. <laughs> But I did it. I took it to a range and sighted it in. There was an area that was peppered with boar activity that I knew would be perfect for a night hunt. It was easily accessible with my truck and easy to find spots that I could set up in that overlooked a large, easy to navigate clearing. The night started uneventful, mostly me tinkering with my new toy, cycling through the settings. I was a little impatient. I'd spotted multiple deer, but they were out of season. And like I mentioned earlier, my current setup wasn't legal for hunting deer. I moved to another spot I'd seen days earlier that probably wasn't much better than my first, but it gave me something to do and a new angle to look around with my new scope. After an hour or so of glassing the area, it dawned on me. This spot doesn't have much animal activity at all. No rabbits or owls. The deer that I'd seen were hundreds of yards from where I was. Why was this pocket of land so dead at night, but lively in the day? I'd set up around 10 p.m. and it was about 2 a.m. when I started to think about packing up. Maybe setting up a target before I left and taking some practice shots. I heard a crunch come from the direction I came from before. I panned my scope over and saw the silhouette of a small bear pushing through the bushes. It's important to note that my scope isn't exactly night vision, it's a thermal scope. Kind of like a black and white version of what you see in the Predator movies. Of course, Call of Duty. <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> I adjusted my range and zoomed in a little bit. I remember jolting a little when I saw that it wasn't really a bear. It was a man. Oh my gosh. Because he was so low and hunched over, I thought I was looking at a young bear. Is that a game warden? It couldn't be. I would have seen the headlights coming up the road from where I was perched. And where could he have walked from? I was 30 miles away from anything and on public land. I was about to call out when I adjusted my sights and noticed he was naked. What the heck? No shoes, pants, or anything. I remember being disturbed by his mo movements, like a squirrel or something. Twitchy, grabbing at the foliage, sniffing around and palming the tree. Was that my tree? The one I'd just been leaning against earlier? The thought terrified me. Could he smell me? Then he did something I still have nightmares about today. He squatted and placed his hands in the dirt between his feet and stared straight up like a dog mid-howl. And then I heard it. A voice coming from the direction. A very compelling female voice. Help! I'm lost! There was a long pause, but neither of us moved a muscle. The center of my sights was trained at the dirt in front of his feet. I couldn't bring myself to aim directly at another person. It went against everything I'd been taught about firearms. Were they lost? Was this some guy that had gone crazy out here? Why was his voice so feminine? Help, please, I can't walk, the voice called out. That's when I called bullshit. Not only could he walk, when I first saw him, he was traversing the land with ease for a naked person, so good I mistook him for a bear. That's a trap. 
This guy is trying to lure me to him with a damsel in distress routine. Oh, yeah. Luckily, the lack of activity before had caused me to pack up most of my gear. I think I may have left behind a hat and a sitting pad, but I didn't care in that moment. Took my eyes off him for a moment to get my pack on. I buckled my chest strap, scrambled for my rifle. To my horror, he was in the same position, but his face was staring in my direction, and I swear I saw him smile. The thermoscope has an effect that makes animals' eyes appear white. How the hell had he heard me get up and put my gear on? He must have been a hundred yards away. I screamed in his direction. He stood upright and it hit me how tall and skinny he was. Easily six feet, super lean. He took a couple of long strides in my direction and I instinctively sent around sailing above his head into the tree line. He was freaky as hell, but he hadn't really threatened me. So what would I tell the cops? I was unwilling and unready to shoot someone. He stood dead in his tracks and hunched down on all fours. The next one will mess you up. Go away. He stayed on all fours, and this time I had my sights trained on the center of him. His eyes were just above the grass, like a large cat or something. I was trying to stop my trembling, and he knew that my voice had cracked on that little last warning. I was terrified. The standoff probably only lasted a minute or two, maybe less, but it felt like forever. In an instant, he bolted left towards the tree line opposite the road. So much for not being able to walk. I could barely keep him in my scope, he was moving so fast. He disappeared into the brush, and I sent another bullet sailing high in his direction. I racked another round and tried to pocket that mag and swap for a fresh one, but I dropped it and didn't bother looking for it. I wasn't far from my truck and I wanted to get out of there. I could hear him yell in the distance, just making this weird sound that was like a laugh or a cry. I stumbled up the trail and arrived at my truck breathless. I tossed my gear into my cab, but kept the rifle in the passenger seat and sped off. For the longest time, I told that story from the perspective of having spotted some deranged crackhead living off the land like some kind of caveman. I reported it to Fish and Game, but all they did was scold me for hunting at night. Never received an update. It wasn't until I told this story at a camping trip that my nephew told me about wendigos, rakes, and skinwalkers. My story scared the... Sorry, Skinwalker was like my first thought. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, continue. Oh, absolutely. My story scared the piss out of him because the spot we were camping was technically the same forest I'd just seen the guy, just 50 miles east of it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. He was so spooked his mom had to take him home. She was really mad. (laughs) I've gone down the rabbit hole on these scary stories. I'm not saying what I saw was definitely a Wendigo or Skinwalker. I'm saying that if a such thing exists... I dodged a bullet. Or maybe it was just a tweaker being Donnie Thornberry in the middle of the night. Either way, <laughs> just thought I'd share. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good ending. Um, right? <laughs> so, yeah. No, I totally thought Skinwalker. Like, that or a werewolf. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, when you were describing the creature, it uh, reminded me of the professor from Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. The one that turns Lupin. into the, Yeah, Lupin yeah. that turns into the werewolf. Yeah. When, like while he's the werewolf, how like he's tall, skinny, and he's like he doesn't have like hair. hairy, but yeah, he's like kind of hair, yeah. hairy, but not really. Yeah. Wow, creepy. I know, right? And so the fact it started screaming for help because it was like maybe it could <coughs> smell that the yeah. hunter had been there. Yeah. And so it knew he was, it was around. It was tracking him. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And it used a woman's voice. So even scarier. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Yep, that's creepy. So did the did the authors say if, sorry, I don't know if I if you said it or not, but did they say if it was a true story or not? Well, I don't know if they said it was a true story or not. But, but it's a dang good story. It's a dang good that's story. A good yeah. That's a good campfire story. Yeah. Uh, all the comments on it were like, that's the best writing I've heard in a long time. I know. <laughs> like, screenshot that, save it on your phone to say it around the campfire. Oh, my gosh. Exactly. Wow. Well, cheers to that story. I don't know if I can top that, but I'm going to try. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Sometimes, like, these, these like, historic s- stories, like the one from the last episode about Case Cross, like, that's freaky in its own way because that's legit. Like that is for sure real and it did happen. Mm-hmm. So hopefully like this one is kind of there as well. But um, do you have anything more from that story? That's it. Okay. You know, I just hope that guy is okay. I hope he's still telling the story. Yeah, me too. Um, I hope you uh, have fun with your very expensive scope. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the positives. <laughs> okay. So you may have heard about this story, but... Okay. Because it's pretty famous. Um, like, worldwide famous. So, mm-hmm. um, if you haven't, good. So I'm hoping that you haven't, so I can get your legit reaction. I'm just going to set the scene. Okay. Before I tell you what the, what the title of this story is. Okay, setting the scene for you and our audience, if you're listening or watching on our YouTube. Okay. Think of the coldest temperature you have ever been in, and you and your nine friends decide to go on a hike in that freezing temperature. That would suck, right? I wouldn't do that. (laughs) (laughs) I love to hike, but I'm not going to freeze to death. (laughs) Exactly. Like, who, who, I don't know. Yeah, okay. Well, well, this story takes place in negative 13 to negative 22 degree Fahrenheit temperature, in the Kolat, sorry, I'm going to, I'm going to botch these Russian words. Okay. Kolat Shiaikov mountains in Russia. Okay. That just sounds cold. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but it sounds cold. It's cold. So, uh, so not only are you guys all pretty much freezing to death, but you all die and no one to this day for sure knows why. Would this be considered... A cold case. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I had to. <laughs> you had to. That was good. Okay. This is the mystery of Diet Love Pass. Ooh, okay. <laughs> so, on January 27th, 1959, Igor Diet Love, that's the name, led nine hikers into the Kolat Shiaikov Mountains. The hikers were looking to graduate from grade two hiker experience to grade three. So these guys were it's like super experienced. Like they, not only are they hikers, but they're like ski hikers too. So these guys are like, like super, um, I guess, experienced in, in hiking and like cross country skiing and stuff like that. So, um, and this isn't that long ago. This is only 1959. Okay. So oh, huh. I guess that was. 60 years ago, but still, I mean, there's pictures of them, like, before, um, there's pictures of, of the hikers, like, taking group pictures and stuff, like, them getting prepped for this adventure. Okay. And so, it's creepy that you can actually go see these photos. They're all smiling, 
super excited. Tragedy happens. Oh right? no! You gotta go. Like, there's pictures. If you if you guys are for those listening on uh, Spotify or um, any other listening platform, please check out our YouTube channel where you can see actual pictures um, from uh, from the story. And also check out our Instagram if you guys are curious. I will post uh, pictures for each episode on there as well. So, um, anyways, back to the story. So, like I said, they were graduating from grade two ex- hiker experience to grade three. The objective was to hike to Otorton, a mountain 6.2 miles from where the mysterious incident occurred. Spoiler, the 10 hikers never made it home. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Actually, that's not true. At the beginning of the trek, one hiker opted to go back due to illness. And I'm, I'm guessing it was like the flu or like a cold or something. I don't know. Um, they survived. The, this one hiker, you know. Okay. And uh, I'm sure... I'm sure they're they're glad that they turned back. Oh um, yeah. So that left nine hikers to a very baffling demise. Igor was supposed to notify his sports clubs, like the hiker group, um, back home of their trek, but there was a lack of communication, and they never received the telegram informing them informing them of Igor's successful endeavor. So pretty much like they were waiting for the telegraph, they never got it. Okay. So, so they know something's like happening Some, or something something happened wrong. something's yeah. wrong and of course like i'm gonna guess igor's whole like the whole nine hikers knew to do that right so right. it's not like they just forgot right um like no one hikes everest and doesn't tell anybody right <laughs> well yeah i mean all they the objective was to let them know that they made it so on february 20th army and soviet police sent out to find the missing crew what they did find was not what they'd hoped to and also left authorities scratching their heads. Upon arriving at a camp on the eastern slopes of Kolashyakov, they didn't find the hiking crew. Instead, they found something much more confusing. There was a tent, but the tent was cut open, but from the inside. Huh. Okay. Like zipper jam or... Nope, straight up cut open. So, like, they, someone took a knife, slashed it open from the inside to get out. Okay. So, not like there was, a like, a bear or something that slashed it from the outside to get in. So, like, something happened in the tent. Something happened like, in the tent. And they were like, I have to get out right now. Exactly. So, what Creepy, happened? Creepy thing number one, right? Okay. Um, once again, there's no one there at the campsite. Um Shoes, diaries, and other necessary equipment, like the like a uh, camera as well, uh, were laid at the site. So, hmm. all this very important stuff they had was still at the camp. So everyone's like, "Well, they couldn't have gotten far because all their stuff is here." Um, a set of eight to nine footprints were found circling the camp, but they helped lead investigators to the deathbeds of the unfortunate hikers. So, I mean, it started to answer some stuff. You know, they were able Mm -hmm. to find some of the bodies. Um, Two were found in their undergarments next to a burnt-out campfire. Wait, wait. so it's negative, but they're just wearing their underwear? They're in their underwear, and for some reason, instead of going back to the camp, they just decided to plop down and build a campfire in their underwear in negative 20-degree weather. You don't do that? You don't do... No, uh... I mean, no, oh. not since last Friday. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So weird, right? 
very gets even weirder on the way back to the campsite three more bodies were found also with little to no articles of clothing on these five were confirmed dead due to hypothermia why would they leave their tent and equipment without clothes and below freezing temperatures it just doesn't make sense bizarre right yeah super hold on (laughs) it gets worse yes so two months had gone by the snow was beginning to melt, making it easier to find the other missing hikers. Four more bodies of the missing hikers were found in a ravine. Here's the messed up part, though. Two of them were missing both their eyeballs and had shattered ribs. Both their eyeballs. So four bodies. Two were missing their eyeballs. And their ribs were shattered. Nothing else. Okay. One of the two had their tongue missing while the other had multiple fractures to their skull. Hmm. So one of those same two, tongue is gone, and the other uh, had their yeah skull just bashed in. It's like a see no evil, hear no evil. Oh, that's a, I didn't even think see of that. no evil yeah. kind of killing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Missing eyes, missing tongue, and right. skull bashed in. Yeah. Ah, I see where you're going with that. So two of the same four had clothing on that tested positive for radioactivity. What? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Radioactivity. Yes. Okay. And keep in mind, these guys are in the middle of freaking nowhere. There is nothing around them. They're in the mountains, just surrounded by pretty much nothing. These are are not injuries you receive from hypothermia, right? Because that's what... Yeah, exactly. So it's like, that's what they, like, labeled the first five that they found, remember? Mm-hmm. Um, but okay. So just to recap, eyeballs and tongue, and one tongue are missing. Radioactivity on the clothes, one fractured skull, clothesless body. So like little to no clothing on on them, pretty much. The tent was cut open from the inside. They fled their camp, and it just doesn't add up. Hmm. So. Yeah, I can't even like. I can't even think of an explanation. Yeah, exactly. Investigators relied on the diaries and undeveloped photographs to give them some clues as to the group's demise. However, they came up with nothing but empty images and diary entries saying that the weather was getting worse by the day. That's all they said. I said earlier that researchers didn't come to a for sure explanation of their deaths, but as of 2019, so just two years ago, Uh, three years ago, excuse me, that may not be true. Or is it? In 2019, Russian investigators reopened the case and concluded that they all perished due to an avalanche. I don't believe it. Wouldn't they have reported that there was an avalanche? Yes. Like, wouldn't the tent have been toppled over with snow? Wouldn't, there's no way that the footprints would have still been visible unless they were like under the snow. That just doesn't make sense. So, exactly. So that brings a lot of people come to the theory that it was, it's a cover-up. Oh. So you, they're, they're trying to, some people are saying like, oh, they were doing, like the Soviets were doing some nuclear testing and they got caught up in it somehow. And so the Russians tried, you know, killed them and then tried to cover it up. That, I mean... I love me a good theory, but that just sounds a little far-fetched. Um, one, uh, another theory suggests that they were ambushed by a group of indigenous Mansi people who lived in the area. And I'm pretty much 
were, I'm going to guess, mad that they were on their land and just killed them. The radioactive people? Yes. Aliens. <laughs> Here's one. Did hypothermia lead them to insanity and therefore cause a mass murder? That's kind of my theory, I guess. Because mm. I think that like maybe one or two of them were going crazy and then all of a sudden just decided to flip out and then just kill everyone. And then on the way back, they started to make a campfire while still tripping out on whatever they were on and then died. Okay. That, that's kind of my theory. That makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they fell into some stream or something and got their clothes all wet, so that's why they took them off. Mm-hmm. The Covered fire. in blood. Yeah. I try, try, you know, tried to hide their evidence while they're like, "Oh, we got spare clothes back at the campsite. We can change back there." That actually makes a lot of sense to me. You know, some people think like, "Oh, it could have been some something superstitious," and I would say no because, once again, there's like literally nothing out in these mountains. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm. I'm, I guess this can go back to your previous story. Could have been a skinwalker, you know, or whatever. But no, I don't think so. I think it was, they went crazy. It sounds like it. I'm curious about the radioactivity though. Yeah, same here. Um, they don't have an answer for that. So like, you're just going to have to stay curious because we don't know. Okay. It's still a mystery. Like, you know, they tried to open up the case and say it was an avalanche but it just doesn't make sense. Honestly, they could have said like the two, like what I, my theory, the two found by the campfire could have gone crazy and then just killed them all and they could have left it at that. Yeah. Like, do we know if they had gotten in a fight before this trip? Maybe it was exactly. premeditated. Yeah. Maybe there was like some life insurance stuff going on They're with like, all these buddies. We're the only ones graduating to grade three today. That's right. <laughs> Stay behind at level two, losers. That's right, losers. Um, so... The group's tomb at the Mokhailivsko Cemetery is located in Yekaterinburg, Russia. The gravestone has the images of all nine hikers on it. Uh, if you, as the viewer, would like to see the... If you, as the listener, would like to see the images we are speaking of, uh, you can check out our YouTube channel. You guys are watching. Thank you very much. Um, or our Instagram. I will upload the images there. It's it's crazy. Okay. So I have a few questions about that. Okay. I'm going to pull up the images too so you can see them. My question is, I mean, I know autopsies have advanced quite a bit since that time period. Right. But if we were to go back to these corpses now or anything, could they find something in their system? Perhaps they took a drug. I don't know if they were on like ayahuasca or something. Yeah. And it caused them to hallucinate. Mm-hmm. Um, could have been the just being in such a high altitude. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I know with hypothermia, in some cases, it can trick your brain into thinking that you're really hot. Yeah. So you take all your clothes off and then you die like super, super fast. Right. Yeah. So maybe that's why they took their clothes off. That kind of like that makes sense to me. So there's a group of them. And, you know, they I mean, they look like they're having a great time. They're so excited for this hike. Yeah. There's nothing weird about this picture. No, they're just ready to go. They're yeah. excited. Um, here's a picture of the gravestone, like the memorial. So like right in the middle as the picture of all nine. Yeah. That parish. Um, here's a picture of the tent. It's kind of hard to see, but apparently it was, yes, cut up from the inside. So these are authorities at the crime scene. And like 
if you look at the image, it's a wasteland. It's all snow and mountain. Like, it's, there's nothing there. Right. And I feel like if it was an avalanche, that ski would not be standing up straight sure. in the snow. Sure. Yeah. It looks like they kind of dug a campsite to, so they weren't sleeping exactly on the snow, too. Right. You know? So, yeah, the avalanche theory, I think, is... And if you guys, uh, you know, disagree with us, feel free to comment down below in the on the on the video but um if or if you have any other intel let us know or if you know what happened to him um here's or a picture if you did it you can confess yeah you can, yeah you can tell us it's fine we won't tell anyone we have 14 listeners I promise. so here's a picture of all um nine of them who unfortunately passed away um yeah i mean they're all so young yeah mm-hmm like, I think um, Yuri, I think he was only, like, 20, 19 or 20 years old. Little group photo of him. Just ready to go. And then here's all nine, or ten of them, literally getting in the truck to head out. So there you go. Wow. That's insane. I don't know what to think about it, but it is crazy. Yeah. And mysterious. Curious. Curious, indeed. Well, uh, thanks for letting me uh, share a story with you today. Yeah, thanks for telling me. No problem. I hope was, you enjoyed it. That was really odd. It's weird, right? I'm going to be thinking about that for the next while. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. so much about that that I still have questions. <laughs> there's there's so much on this story alone, like just on online, that um, I was actually nervous that you had heard of it. Mm. So um, I'm glad you didn't. Um, but yeah, if you want to know more, definitely Google it and... Oh, you know I will. Yeah. You yeah. know I will. Yeah, it's creepy. But, um, well, hey, thanks, y'all. Appreciate you listening for uh, episode two. Uh, once again, catch us on YouTube if you guys like listening on YouTube and want to see these pictures or on our Instagram. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. It's been a blast. Cool. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. This is Spooky Soup. Thanks, guys. See ya. <laughs>